it's not going to be, you're not going to have a happy life, basically. Because, Matthew 6, 24, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Interesting. In Ecclesiastes 5.10, see if this makes sense. Whoever loves money never has enough. (laughs) Do you never have enough money? Check your attitude, right? That's, That's kind of what he's saying. And he says, whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. Are you satisfied with your income? I think we ought to start thinking about that. (laughs) Talking about being content. Okay? He says this too is meaningless. Meaningless. And John, uh, the prophet John, had something to say about money. Did you know that? In Luke 3.14 he said, Some of the soldiers asked him, and what should we do? And he replied, don't extort money and don't accuse people falsely and be content with your what? Be content with your pay. That was John the Baptist. Okay, let's move on to another subject. Uh, And this is a deep one. These are all, you can go into them as deep as you'd like. But... um, being a cheerful giver. And uh, you know that God wants us to be a giver, but more than that, He wants us to be a cheerful giver. And cheerfulness is an attitude of, of heart. And so this is where the spiritual aspect of giving comes in and the motivations and the attitudes that you give with. And this is the important part of giving. Um, 2 Corinthians 9, 6-7 says, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Oh man, i got to do this. I really need to do that. Mm, gosh. You know. Do you ever think that way in your heart? First Corinthians thirteen three. It kind of reinforces that. If I give all I possess, I mean you give it all up to the poor, and I surrender my body to the flames, but do not have love, I gain what? Nothing. Can you give a lot of money and gain nothing for it? That's what this is saying right here. You can give money. You can give money to the church. You can give money to people. But if your attitudes and your motivations for giving are not right, you know what you're going to gain? It says nothing. (laughs) You just lost something, actually. (laughs) But, you know... The Lord deals with our hearts, and that's, that's what he's interested in here. Proverbs 28, 27 says, Those who give to the poor 
will lack nothing. But those who close their eyes to them receive many curses. Is it good to be benevolent, help people? Yeah. It says if you close your eyes to them, you'll receive many curses. You know, if you just say, oh, you know. So I think that's a very difficult subject because a lot of times our hearts are tugged on by different things, different situations we see. Should I help? Should I not help? What should I do? But, you know, that's okay to let your heart be tugged on and and ask God, you know, what can I do? We're going to get a little more um, maybe insight on that here um, in a minute. But uh, in Acts 20.35, Jesus is quoted as saying, it is more blessed to give than what? What does the world want to do today? Give or receive? Okay, so this is just exactly the opposite of what you're going to encounter in daily life is that it, that it's kind of for me. Things should be sort of for me. What do I get out of it? But it's that because why? Because I want to get a blessing. They're thinking they'll get a blessing by getting. But the truth is you get a blessing by giving. It's just just backwards, just opposite. And God's ways are really obviously not our ways, are they? So. This is one that we have to look at through our spiritual eyes. Luke 6.38 says, Give, and it will be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure that you use, it will be measured to you. The same measure that you use, it will be measured to you. But remembering that the measure you use needs to be the measure of your heart how much you want to give and your move to give and not just maybe how much you've got in your pocketbook. Um, 1 Timothy 6, 5. You know, sometimes we think, okay, well, good, then if you give, you'll receive, right? And I need, I need, (laughs) you know, I need more stuff. I need more money. And so, let's see, if I give... I'll receive, right? And the more you give, the more you receive. Is there anything wrong with that attitude? <laughs> what's the what's the uh, the basic thought there? Receiving <laughs> rather than giving. But it is true that if you give, the Bible says, uh, you'll receive. And it's and it's more blessed to give, but it's but it is more blessed to give than receive. Okay, this is something that can kind of trip you up because you can think this is a mechanism to get more. Giving giving is is a mechanism to get more. First Timothy six five, we jump in here and it says in constant friction between people of corrupt mind who have been robbed of the truth and who think that godliness is a means to financial gain. They're thinking that doing God's will is a means to financial gain. What's wrong with that? Doesn't that seem like, well, gosh, shouldn't you be blessed if you do God's will? And so I want to be blessed, so I'm going to do God's will. But it says, the Bible says that um, the Spirit of God is able to, like, divide Asunder between 
the soul, and the spirit. And it's a fine line in there. And it can cut, you know, like a really, really sharp knife. You know, have you ever seen somebody like trim off the fat with a really sharp knife? And it's just like, wow. You know, God's spirit can just cut in there because there's a difference between giving to get and giving because it's what you want to do. Because that's your heart to help and to and to serve and, and to have compassion and and to obey God. And there's a fine line there that um, sometimes it's pretty hard to discern. <clears throat> but Proverbs eleven twenty five does say that a generous person will prosper. And whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Isn't that great? But do you refresh others so that you can be refreshed? (laughs) Okay, so maybe I'm kind of getting the point across, but this is, I think this is hard to understand. It is, it is for me, especially in a lot of different situations. Luke 3, 10 and 11. John had something else to say about giving. You know, John didn't, he didn't say a whole lot. It didn't seem like, you know, he just sort of, did things, but um, he did have something to say about giving. And he said, anyone who has two shirts should share the one with the one who has none. And anyone who has food should do the same. Does that go for us today? Yep, I think it does. He said, John was the greatest, greatest prophet but yet whoever's least in the kingdom of God is greater than he is. And that's us. And we should do the same. That's what, that's what John said. Second Corinthians 8.12 um, Sometimes we might give. Um, can you give too much? It's a trick question. The answer is yes, you can give too much. Second Corinthians eight twelve says, For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable. Okay, willingness is an attitude of heart, right? And then the gift is what? Acceptable. It's good. According to what one has, not according to what one does not have. How about writing somebody a faith check? To bless them. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Cover that, will you? They really need it. You can give too much. You don't give more than you have. That's what he's saying. It's just a practical, it's just common sense. Don't give more than what you have to give. Okay? Matthew six thirty four. Excuse me, Matthew 6, 3 through 4. But when you give to the needy, make a big show of it. Get your picture in the paper with a big check in front of you. (laughs) But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. 
But why will he reward you? Because your attitude was right. You weren't doing it to impress somebody, which is a wrong attitude. And, you're, and if you do it in secret, you're not impressing nobody because nobody knows you did it. And God says, that's thankworthy with me. And you're going to receive a reward for that. And nobody knows it but you and me. <clears throat> so, everybody remember the, the, the widow, the widow's mite? Is that an animal, a mite? Is that like a bug? <laughs> Sounds like it anyway. But Jesus was, was standing there watching people give. He was watching them give. And he, he had some comments about people giving and about, about their giving and, and what they were doing. And in Luke 21, 1 through 4, it says, As Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. And he also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. Truly I tell you, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, has put in all she had to live on. Can you give too much? Yes. But can you give everything? Yes. Does Jesus see that? You bet. That's, that's what caught his attention. Of everybody that was praying by, that's what caught his attention. Because she gave everything that she had. And, you know, that's um, really what he was getting ready to do for us, right? So, I think he related to that. Yeah. So, how much you give, let's just look at, at this one scripture. How much you give, does the amount matter? Why did she need to give anything? Because there was all these rich people giving all these big donations. Why did she need to give anything? Did it help? Helped her, didn't it? And the Lord knew. And he saw her attitude. And I bet you got an A+. Plus. Does that make a difference? You bet. You think there's a reward for that? You bet. There is. And uh, that's why she gave. Uh, it wasn't because her two cents made any difference in the, in the big picture of how much money was coming in. Didn't have a thing to do with that. It was, a, it was a spiritual deal. And she wanted to serve the Lord. And that was her heart to do. So, what's the issue? The heart is the issue in that. We are honoring God. But we're also exercising faith, right? Do you think she had to exercise a little bit of faith? To give everything she had? You bet. Man. It's like, oh, where's my next meal coming from? You know, but, but she, her, her actions showed her faith, didn't they? You know, and many times Jesus said, you know, you're, you have, you're, 
your faith has made you whole. You know, he saw what people did. Paul said without, uh, you know, without works, you know, uh, faith is dead. You know, but her actions supported and showed her faith. And Jesus was very pleased with that, that she did that. Um, But it took faith. And so when you give, if you're giving out of your abundance, you know what? Doesn't take any faith. Doesn't hurt you, you know. But if you're given, when it cuts to the quick, <laughs> you're hoping that God has got your back, right? And uh, and that's faith, and that's believing, and that's why she she moved out and did that. Giving takes faith. It's not. Giving out of your abundance doesn't take any faith. It's just that's that's just extra stuff. The widow, actually, she couldn't afford to give. And you can say, I can't afford to give. I'm not going to argue that one. <laughs> I just say she did it. <laughs> that's all I can say. She did it. And, you know, we can say, I can't afford to give. But she gave everything she had. And guess what? Man, I bet I bet she's got a nice home right now. <laughs> and she's got a really nice one. <clears throat> she just had to trust God, His Word, and His promises, didn't she? Okay, is giving a means then... The financial gain. I think we've kind of, kind of covered that, but just want to briefly say, you know, Jesus said a lot of different things that support this. He said, uh, "Give to your enemies, hoping for nothing back." Because why? Because that's what God does. He gives, hoping for nothing back. He says He sends the rain on the just and the unjust, and He sends the sun. And you know what? Is he doing that so he can get something back from them? That's just because he's good. That's because that's what he does. That's just the way he is. That's his his makeup. He just does that. He wants to do that. Is he doing it so he can get blessed himself? No. It's that's his it's his persona. He's a giver. You know that's just who that's just who God is. Um, you know, what if um, somebody was in a situation and you could save their life? Would you do it because you know you're going to get a big write-up in the paper? Would you, would you save their life because you knew that God was going to bless you for doing it? Why would you save their life? It's just the right thing to do. They just need it. It's just that's who you are. It's just I can't let that happen to somebody. You know, that's why you do it. It's the heart attitude. And um, But, you know, um, there's re- and this is what I'm talking about, dividing these things. Because, you know, there are rewards for doing all of God's will, really. Not just giving. There's rewards for it's talking about laying up treasures in heaven. There's all kinds of rewards. 
But if we go around just saying, I'm going to do this because, okay, I'm going to give you a big reward for this one, you know. And, you know, when that widow gave up two mics, she thinks she's going, I'm going to get a big reward for this. You know, I think it was her heart was just she was devoted to God. She just wanted to give to God, you know, and, and, and do her part. And it's hard to separate those sometimes. They just kind of run together. And, and uh, I don't know how to do it other than just, you know, ask God to kind of show you what your, where's my heart in this deal. You know, and I've done that. You know, you start to give to something. You go, wait a minute. Where's my heart in this thing? Do I really want to give? Am I just giving because they keep sending me letters? Or, you know, um, I think we have to sit back a little bit sometimes and, and ask the Holy Spirit to show us. <clears throat> so we give with a cheerful attitude, basically, for the good it will do and not for the reward we will get. In other words, we give because we're givers, because we're helpers. That's why we give, because we want to we want to be there for somebody, we want to help them. It's not because, and boy, it's going to come back to me too, <laughs> you know. It will come back to you, but depends on the attitude. Without love, giving means nothing. doesn't mean a thing. It's just an action. 1 Corinthians 13.3 says, If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames. I mean, that's the ultimate giving. You know, that's everything. But I do not have love. I gain how much? Zero. It's all about attitude. It's all about that attitude. Attitude in giving is, is that we want to obey God like the widow and we want to serve other people. That's not about getting stuff for ourselves. But you know what? God's got your back. <laughs> With the right attitude, He's got your back. You'll be okay. You'll be okay. No doubt about it. <clears throat> Think about this one. What if Jesus gave His life for us not because he loved us, but because he wanted the highest place in heaven. Does that work? <laughs> Why not? But did he get the highest place in heaven? Yes. But that... <laughs> And did he know he was going to get it? I think he probably did. But is that why he did it? No. How did he separate those two? I don't know. Maybe it was in the garden, you know, that he separated those two out and said, no, I'm doing this because it's your will. That's why I'm doing it. You know. Um, he had to go through. The Bible says he was tested and, and tempted in every, every single thing that we are. And I think you probably, maybe even harder, I don't know. Um, do you like people that give you things and are nice to you because they want something? Does that please you? 
does it kind of not set very well? You know, they're buttering up to you or, you know, and uh, you know they want something. You're just waiting. It's going to come. They'll tell you what they want. And that's why they're being so nice. What do you think? How do you think God feels? Does he like you to butter up to him? Because <laughs> you can get something? Or does he like you to butter up to him because you want to? Because you want to. Because <laughs> you want to be with him. You just want to hang out. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, that's attitude of heart. You know, it's, it makes all the difference. Okay. That was the biggest one I got. Okay, the others are not quite so big. <laughs> I'm going to talk about borrowing and debt. And I think Dave Ramsey will get into this a lot. Um, in Deuteronomy, there was a curse for uh, disobeying the law and blessing for obeying the law. And uh, so we're reading part of that out of Deuteronomy 28, 43 and 44. We're reading about the curse. The foreigners who reside among you will rise above you higher and higher, but you will sink lower and lower. This is the curse for not obeying the law. And they will lend to you, but you will not lend to them. They will be the head, but you will be the tail. The borrower is servant to the who? Lender. If you have money borrowed, how should you treat the person that has loaned you the money? I, don't, I mean, it may be a corporation, maybe a person, maybe whatever. How should you treat them? With respect. Because you are the servant to them. It's their money. If you loan people money and they don't treat you with respect, they never call you back, never see them again. Do you like it? Nobody does. But, you know, if you owe somebody some money, um, you're their servant until it's paid. And the servant's attitude should be a respectful attitude because if it's not, guess what? Whack, whack, whack. <laughs> right? Okay. Um, Psalm 37:21 says, The wicked borrow and do not repay, but the righteous give generously. So, we don't want to fall in the category of the wicked, but we want to make every attempt and we want to um, repay our debts and be respectful to the people that we owe money to and not disdainful to those people. Probably ourselves that got us in that situation, actually. Proverbs 22.7 says, The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. We just read that. Um, if you owe somebody some money and you can't pay it, what should you do? Call them. Just get in touch with them. You know, the golden rule is do unto others as you would have them do unto you. You owe somebody some money. You can't pay them. Don't be silent. You know, they don't have a clue what's going on. Give them a call. Let them know what's going on. They may be rate you up one side down the other 
Or they may say, well, let's work something out. And I've had it both ways. I told a lady once at um, one of the lumber companies, this is back in the 70s, and I couldn't pay my bill. And I went in there and I was studying these scriptures and I said, you know, I just don't have the money right now. And, uh, you know, I think I've got some money coming in from a job, but I don't have it right now. And I just want to let you know that. And she said, well, I guess we'll just have to sue you. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, <laughs> I didn't expect that response. <laughs> I thought, you know, I'd get like some kind of silver star for, you know, going in there and doing the right thing. <laughs> didn't work that way. <laughs> but uh, I think I still did the right thing. And guess what? They never sued me. And guess what? I did get the job. I got the money. I got them paid off. And everything turned out okay. But, you know, doing God's will, doing the right thing, it doesn't always mean that you're going to get a brownie point for it right then. You know, but God sees it and he knows, he knows what's going on. <clears throat> and um, Romans 13, 8 says, Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt of love for one another. For who loves others has fulfilled the law. So, in other words... We do need to pay our bills and pay our bills on time. And I can testify in my business, I didn't used to do that. I would ride things about as long as I could. And, um, and I started reading scriptures and I went, hmm, okay. And I just made a commitment. I'm going to pay every bill on time. And if I can't, I'm going to call them and let them know. We're going to try to work things out. And you know what? Over the years... That has probably been one of the strongest financial decisions that I've ever made because the people we do business with love to do business with us because we pay our bills on time, all the time. And if we can't, which occasionally has happened, very, very seldom, we, we let them know. And, uh, but that's, that's really important just in, in money handling. Um, Here's another one that goes along with that, Proverbs 13, 27, 28. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to act. Do not say to your neighbor, come back tomorrow and I'll give it to you when you have it with you. You know, if you can cover it, do it right now. You know, and I know I've done business with some people and I think they have the money to pay me, but they're just riding me as long as they can until... They need to place another order. And then, then they'll pay. Then they'll place another order. You know, but I can't do that. The Bible says not to do that. And, uh, and I did that. And uh, I don't do it anymore. <laughs> so, and people appreciate it. That, that definitely makes a difference. Okay, one other thing on borrowing. What's the easiest way to borrow money? credit card. What's the worst way to borrow money? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Interest is really high. You kind of need a credit card for a lot of things these days. Rent cars and do this and that. But just pay it off every month. You'll be okay. But uh, don't pay it off every month and you're going to be in trouble. And that's easy. That's enough to say on that. Okay, tithing. Pretty Sometimes controversial subject. Um, 
Malachi 3, 6 through 12. This is Old Testament. I, the Lord, do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how will we return? Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You're under a curse. Your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. There's a purpose for it. Purpose for tithing. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven, pour out so much blessing there will not be room enough to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops. The vines of your field will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land. <clears throat> well, you may say, well, this is... This is Old Old Testament. You know, we're in the New Testament now. But we just talked about giving. There's <laughs> there's a lot about giving. But Matthew 23, 3, 23, 23 says, Jesus says, Woe to you, teachers of the law, you hip- Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, a tenth is a tithe, <clears throat> mint, dill, and cumin. But you've neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter <clears throat> without neglecting the former. The latter is justice, mercy, and faithfulness. That's where they were messing up. They were missing that. But he said, without neglecting the former. What was the former? Tithing. Yeah. Proverbs 3, 9 through 10 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops, Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. First fruits. And really, if you get into tithing a little more, it's like the first when you get your money or whatever you get increased by. uh, That's your first fruits and and give a tenth to the Lord. Um, You know, I know that's controversial. When I learned this back in in the 80s, and finally got a hold of it that if I did that, you know, God would take care of me. That I started putting that into practice, and it's been 35 years ago. And I'll have to say, um, I'm not sorry I did that at all. In fact, you know, a lot of times Becky and I have said, I think that just, you know, the success that we've had in business, I think primarily comes from, from giving, from that, you know, and just, and, and, it's never, ever easy. And uh, it's always like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know? And you got to sit down and go, why am I doing this? You know? And what's the purpose? And, and get your spirit in the right place. Because I don't want to give and have it count for nothing either. You know? But I'm going to give to obey God. You know? And, uh, and he says, test me in this one. This is one thing that he says, test me in. But you give because there's a need. You know? What would uh, what would CJ and, live, and Lisa live on if nobody gave any money? Love. <laughs> they got plenty of that, so probably be okay. <laughs> you know, 
who'd pay the light bill. <laughs> you know, he said, we need, you know, God says, you know, bring it into the storehouses. That there'll be enough there to basically keep things going. You kind of like things the way they are? Well, that's how it gets done. That's how it, how it gets taken care of. And uh, you say, well, I can just give a, a itty little bit. How much did the widow give? She gave two cents. But it's not between you and the church how much you give. Really. It's between you and God. That's where, that's where the issue comes in. Okay, so um, saving. You know, we've not become a, we've come away from being a saving nation, really, to being a, a debtor nation. And in our personal lives, you know, we have moved from, um, from being savers to being borrowers, right? Is that true? How about your grandparents? Did they save or borrow? Most of them, right? And, uh, and how about today? Borrow. We've just we've flip-flopped, haven't we? We've changed. Is there a benefit to saving? You bet. I mean, uh, Dave Ramsey will tell you all about it. But uh, uh, lots of financial benefit to it. But in the Scripture, Proverbs 21.20 says, The wise store up choice food and olive oil. But the fool, the fool, we don't want to be that. The fool does what? He gulps them down. The wise store up choice food and olive oil, but the fool gulps them down. Gulps down everything he's got. Doesn't save anything at all. Do we fall in that category? I fall in that category. (laughs) Don't like it. Right? something to move away from. Proverbs 15.6, the house of the righteous contains great treasure, but the income of the wicked brings ruin. And Proverbs 30.25 reminds us of the little creature that, that makes the, the anthills the ant. And he says, ants are creatures of little strength, probably, probably like you or me. Um, sometimes we feel like we can't do much. I can't save much. I don't, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't, you know, whatever, whatever it is, we can't do it. But he says, yet they store up their food in the summer. It's just a simple fact. They store it up, their food, their savers. What about our example of Joseph saving the grain? And who showed him how to do that? God. You want to save some money? I bet God can help you out. I bet he can give you an idea. And, you know, it says that, that he who, who gains money, and we looked at this last, or last time, stores it up little by little. You go, well, I can't put 100 bucks in a savings account. I don't have it. Okay, have you got 10 bucks? Little by little. That's how you do it. you got to start somewhere with it. Um, budgeting, counting the cost. Um, Let's kind of zip through this. You know, if you, uh, Jesus said, if you're going to build a tower, aren't you going to sit down first and count the cost and figure out how much it costs? And so Jesus was in favor of accountants. So if you're an accountant, that's good, isn't it? Jesus recommends you, uh, and he recommends all of us to be accountants. And 
if you've got money, you need to be an accountant. And you need to think, have we got enough money to do this stuff? Have we got enough money to buy this car? Have we got enough money to buy this house? Have we got enough money to eat out tonight? You know, budgeting is, is accounting, counting the cost of what you've got and what you're going to spend and not going over too much because it says if somebody did build a building that way, um, people who see it would ridicule them and say, this person began to build but wasn't able to finish. You know, and then they say, well, this person went out to eat and they couldn't pay the rent. You know, this sort of thing. So it's the same same situation, budgeting. And I'm not going to get into it. Dave, Dave Ramsey does that. But it says that the prudent, Proverbs 22, 3 says, the prudent see danger and they take refuge. But the simple keep going and pay the penalty for it. So budgeting is important. And I want to bring out this scripture. If you're married, that's doubly important. Amos 3, 3, it says, do two walk together unless they have agreed to do so? If you make a budget, who makes it? And you're married. Both of you. If you don't, good luck. <laughs> it ain't going to work. <laughs> you're not going to have buy-in. It's not going to work. And uh, just a practical thing is uh, it's probably good to have one bookkeeper in the house instead of two. If you got two, you get all mixed up. If you got one, you can keep the record straight. I just think that's a good idea. Lastly, um, just want to briefly talk about your work. Is what you do for a living important or is it just a job? Is it? Or is this a job? You know, and how we look at that can make a big difference. Proverbs 22, 29 says, Do you see someone skilled in their work? They will serve before kings, and they will not serve before officials of low rank. You know what that says to me? If you got a job, get after it. Be the best. You know, go for it. You know, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Do it really well. Do it with excellence. You know, Joseph was stuck in a prison. And I think, it doesn't say all this, but I think he swept the floors. And I think he cleaned the, the, the rats out of there. And he did all this stuff. Because, you know why? Because they put him in charge of the whole thing. They didn't just do that because he, he was a good-looking guy. You know, he was doing something. And uh, your job counts. You need to excel at it. Do the best you can. There's more to that. But first I want to say, focus on your work first and then your possessions. Okay. Well, we need this new car because i got a new job. Proverbs 24-7. Put your outdoor work in order and get your fields ready. This is your, this is your job. <clears throat> After that, build your house. Uh, that's Proverbs uh, twenty-four twenty-seven. Well, we just moved to town, you know. Um, I'm looking for a job. We, we just bought a house. And um, 
Okay. I'm not trying to judge. I'm just saying you're going to have to make the payments on it, too. You know, and this is just practical. Um, Get your job going first. Maybe you have to rent, whatever. But get that going before you start spending the money. Don't spend it, you know, before you, you got it. Okay, there's, we can figure that one out. But last, the really important thing is to work as unto the Lord. Because your work is, guess what, for the Lord. No, it's for McDonald's. No, it's for the city of Stillwater. Really? Who are you working for? Colossians 3:22 through 24. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything and do it, not only when their eye is on you and curry their favor, but with sincerity of heart. That's, we're back to attitude. And reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord, there's that reward. Because it is the Lord Christ you're serving. So, our jobs, yeah, you're working for somebody, but guess what? Your source is God, and you're working for God. And your job is not meaningless at all. And it doesn't matter what it is. It's it's very important. Amen. Okay. Praise the Lord. That's it for today. A lot to digest. Thanks.